much, if not most, of the the occupational risk that we face can be very much mitigated by risk management practices, by personal accountability, by just all the things that we discuss in the book. Enchanted Sky Media. 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 From Los Angeles, this is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast, hosted by award-winning journalist Scott Orr. Code 3 features interviews with leading members of the fire service discussing firefighting strategy, tactics, and other topics you need to know more about. Now, here's Scott. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again here on Code 3. You are listening to the show for and about firefighters. Let's get started. Firefighting has always been about survival to some degree or other, but now we're recognizing that fire isn't the only danger to a firefighter. Whether it's occupational cancer, cardiovascular events, or behavioral health problems, the threats have become constant. A new book, Surviving the Fire Service, contains information about cancer, medical exams, screening, nutrition, plus a whole lot more. It explains how to manage and even reduce some of the risks that your career throws at you. Here to tell us more is Todd LaDuke, the editor of Surviving the Fire Service. Todd retired as assistant fire chief for Broward County, Florida Fire Rescue after a 30-year career. He's the chief strategy officer at LifeScan Wellness Centers. LifeScan provides NFPA 1582-compliant early detection physicals to some 35,000 firefighters and law enforcement officers. He's also secretary of the IAFC's Safety, Health, and Survival section. And Todd LaDuke joins me now. Welcome to Code 3. Thanks, uh, thanks, Scott. It's an honor and uh, privilege uh, to join you. Uh, looking forward to talking about firefighter uh, health, wellness, and, and survival. So uh, thanks for the invitation, and Happy New Year to you and your listeners. And Happy New Year to you. So how did you come to edit this book? I've had a wonderful uh, 30-year career with Broward County, Florida Fire Service. The last number of years, I had the opportunity to either oversee or lead the health and wellness of firefighters. It's a 800 and some odd person career metro department. And, and during that time, I, I've also had the privilege of being elected for probably the last 15 years to the International Association of Fire Chiefs, Safety, Health, and, and Survival Section, their board of directors. I'm currently the secretary of the board. And, and during that time, I, I spent a lot of energy working with tremendous friends and colleagues across the, the globe that were focusing their talents and energies on firefighter health safety research. And it had been a goal of mine to pen a, a book for some time. And like all of us, very busy with lots of commitments, and it just never came to be. And one day I had the bright idea that there's a lot of friends and colleagues of mine that are much smarter than myself doing tremendous work in their respective areas. And I reached out to a good friend and colleague, Bobby Halton, who you I'm sure know, and many of your listeners know, Bobby's had a, a long and distinguished career in 
currently serves as the uh, editor-in-chief of Fire Engineering Magazine and also uh, FDIC, the Fire Department Instructor Conference. Bobby's the head of that, and I kind of pitched this idea to him. I said, you know, it's something I've thought about doing for some time and really never pulled it together. We all know a bunch of, of our colleagues and friends that if we could corral them all and get them to collaborate, I think this would be a really special project. So Bobby, I didn't have to twist his arm at all. Uh, not only did he say run with it, but he agreed to be uh, a contributor. So I'm proud to have Bobby as uh, one of our co-authors. And that that's really how this came to be. It was at the honor of serving as uh, editor. And uh, what that really meant was kind of laying the framework in the beginning of the book, but also just corralling all, all of my friends and colleagues that are so busy and, and balance all their time and commitments and energy and all very graciously stepped up and said, let's do this. So uh, really the easy, easy lifting was my part. <laughs> Who is the intended audience? You know, when we thought about the, the audience for this, many of the unfortunately disabling occupational threats to firefighters or even the, the line of duty fatalities, when we look back, largely many of them could have been prevented. So the, the thought process behind the audience is, is really for the, the firefighter that's uh, just thinking about becoming a firefighter. So we envision this as uh, soon to be, but their families. And for, for many, uh, such as myself, who did not necessarily receive all the information on how to protect yourself from occupational risk, when we started the job, it, it's meant at any point in your fire service career to, to take the, the knowledge that we have today and uh, transcribe that to firefighters that are on the line. You know, we've got a million two firefighters out there, volunteer, paid, some combination of both. So it's, it's really meant for the broad spectrum, including into retirement. You know, many of the things we talk about, whether it's behavioral health chapter or the cancer chapter, are ongoing threats to firefighter health, even into retirement. And we certainly want the families to be part of uh, the audience for this as well, because they're a critical cornerstone with supporting members of the service. So uh, it's it's really a, a broad-based audience we hope to uh, to achieve. Now, I'm not making any accusations here, but do you feel like young firefighters just starting out aren't really told much about the dangers to their lives and careers other than fire and smoke inhalation and the immediate dangers to life and health? You know, I think that's a fair criticism. I, I, I do think, at least over the last decade, we've gotten better about communicating some of those risks and some of the proactive things that we need to be thinking about and doing. It's been said and it's it's validated. Uh, there's been more fire service research, particularly on occupational health and wellness in the last decade than in the prior two centuries. Many, many of the folks doing that are, are co-authors of this book. So sometimes we didn't know what we didn't know. And now that we've got uh, folks working in all the different areas, whether that's, you know, firefighter behavioral health or cancer risk, Denise Smith and Gavin Horn, Dr. Kales from Harvard are really shedding light on some of the changes in the body that happen when we go into tactical athlete mode and in start changing some of our, our blood chemistry, our response to heat, and some of our cardiovascular risks. So we're, a lot of this is where we're learning. But I do think as a, as a service, we're, we're being much more proactive than at least in my 30-some-odd-year career today than we, we have been previously.
This book just was an attempt to pull much of that work together and put it in one location that could be easily gleaned that information to the, the large audience. I'll be back with more right after this. Don't miss your chance to get your hands on the hottest logo wear around. Code 3 Podcast Gear makes you look good and tells the world you're a fan. Now you can wear the Code 3 logo proudly. Just go to our website, Code3Podcast.com. Click the banner and you'll be able to order an assortment of cool apparel and accessories. And thanks for supporting the podcast that supports firefighters. I know that what you're looking at here is a way to inform especially newer firefighters of the things they need to watch out for. What I'm wondering, though, is does, and I say this not suggesting that we should withhold information, but does filling them in on all the hazards like this make recruiting a little tough? You know, that's that's a terrific point. Uh, I, I often jest. Uh, when I do presentations on surviving the fire service, you know, there's a reason why I, I wasn't in charge of recruiting. And, <laughs> you know, you know, I think like any, uh, whether it's a customer or any consumer or uh, professional, you know, the old, the old adage of an educated consumer is the best customer. It's really the approach we've, we've taken that largely much, if not most of the the occupational risk that we face can be very much mitigated by, you know, risk management practices, by personal accountability, by just all the things that we discuss in the book, actions that, that you and the departments can take to minimize that risk. I mean, inherently, I think we all know that firefighting has inherent dangers that while we can mitigate some of those, we'll never eliminate them all. So th- this was meant to, to be a you know, go into go into the profession that you love with your eyes wide open. We want you to have a long and, and healthy, not only survive, but thrive well into retirement. So unfortunately, we see uh, all too often, as I mentioned, you know, some of the, the folks we've lost or those that are disabled and will never do the job again. It's when we look back, if, if they had had maybe some of the body of information, the results may be different. So that's really, um, you know, who we're, we're dedicating to and with the belief that, you know, most individuals armed with knowledge will take uh, the appropriate actions to, to protect themselves and, you know, all the members of their service that they serve with, including their families. Ultimately, we don't want people to end up saying, hey, this is not really what I signed up for because it doesn't help to recruit if you can't retain. That, that's an excellent point. And, you, you know, again, I'll, I'll go back to the fact that as we continue to educate the fire service, not only the, the members of the service, but, you know, as leaders in, in the fire service, we, we change our practices, we change our all, all the things that, that we, you know, are, are guided to reexamine based on uh, current best practices. It, it, you know, it, we, we still do the job. We just do it in a, in a safer and in a way that uh, minimizes the risk to the extent we can. Again, knowing we'll, we'll never eliminate all the risk, but you know we know there's a lot of actions that our departments can be taking and us as individuals can take that will give us much, much more of a fighting chance to avoid some of the you know, really preventable occupational uh, diseases that we 
we are faced with that if we can prevent them or avoid them altogether, the outcomes are much better than if we end up having to treat them at, at late stages. This is not by any standard a how to be a firefighter book. In fact, a lot of the authors aren't actually firefighters, or if they are, their specialty lies elsewhere. Tell me about some of the kinds of people who wrote for this book. Yeah, that's a great point, Scott. And we, we try to balance it. We uh, I call it uh, translating science to the streets. So we have a, a combination of wonderful, wonderful co-authors that are uh, researchers and they're the, the top in their field. And, and I give them credit. They they not only are academic researchers, but they actually get out within the fire community. They actually participate in live burns or interviews with our firefighters. And then the other peer co-authors are, are actually members of the fire service that are actually practicing and, and putting into place a lot of the recommendations that come out of the research. So I already mentioned we, we've got Chief Bobby Halton, who kind of uh, with myself helped kind of set the, the lay of the land on the some of the major challenges that we're facing uh, as a fire service. But we've got folks like uh, Dr. Sarah Jenke and, and Captain Frank Lito from, from uh, Heads Up the Behavioral Crisis Unit for FDNY. Sarah did a chapter on uh, behavioral health with Captain Lito, looking at all the, the research that we know that uh, occupational threats to our our mental well-being and what we can do about it to be more resilient, post-traumatic growth being a big portion of that. We've got doctors uh, Denise Smith and Gavin Horn, who worked with Illinois Fire. They were joined by Dr. Kales from Harvard, looking at the changes that occur that put us at cardiac risk, you know, things such as structural changes in the heart, clotting factors, the effects of dehydration. The effects of, of actually having high level of readiness and fitness, and, and if we don't have that, what the effects are on cardiac death. Deputy Chief Brian Frieders did a whole chapter on the occupational cancer threats to firefighters and what we need to be doing. You know, obviously, mitigation strategies play a large role in that, as does early detection. Uh, we've got Chief Jeff Johnson, who retired out of Kansas City Fire Department, is now a fire chief of Newport News Fire Department in Virginia. Wrote a wonderful chapter on fire ground survival, looking at uh, everything from research on tactics and strategy and changing fire conditions and uh, how we approach the fire ground. We've got our friends at O2X Human Performance did a, did a chapter looking at the whole concept of tactical athlete. Adam LaRue, co-founder of O2X out of Boston, former Navy SEAL, has taken this whole concept of everything from mental wellness to physical readiness to behavioral uh, readiness in coined this concept of human performance, being able to perform at the highest levels of human readiness, if you will. We've got Dr. Mike Hamrock with the Boston Fire Department. Did a whole chapter. Mike was a Boston firefighter who went on to medical school and now spends a good amount of time with Boston Fire and taking care of their health needs. So he talks about the whole making sure you're getting in a, an annual occupationally appropriate early detection physical. And we know a lot of the things we've discussed in the book, you know, cancer, heart disease, even behavioral health, if we screen for those uh, annually, when we find issues, they're easily, in many cases, correctable if we find them early versus later. When uh, 
when it's all rolled up and uh, you look at it, it's really a, a big picture approach to just having a heightened awareness of some of the threats that we have as firefighters and knowing what the current state of the science is on how to protect ourselves from those. And we're hopeful that some of the concepts introduced in the book for departments that, that maybe are looking at the different areas on how to mitigate, you know, what the cancer risk or their fire ground survival, it will spark a, a little bit of a burning desire to, uh, to make change in, in a helpful and healthy way in a safe way. I didn't mention that we are donating a, a good portion of the profits to, uh, um, obviously, this, I didn't mention my first book I've done, but uh, uh, when we got into looking at uh, uh, all the mechanics of the you know book and distribution, but one of the things that all the offers really felt important was um, the National Fallen Firefighters uh, Foundation has an affiliate group called the First Responder Center of Excellence, and and they focus really on on what the book's about about firefighter survival. So a portion of the proceeds is going to go to continue uh, research and uh, developing best practices and, and getting the word out on some of these, you know, in particular cancer, cardiac behavioral health and in the, the importance of getting a, a good uh, early detection medical physical for firefighters every year. So we're, we're real proud of that. All right, Todd LaDuke, thanks for being with me on Code 3 today. Thanks again, Scott, for having me, and thanks for all you do for the fire service, and keep up the great job. And if you want to pre-order your copy of Surviving the Fire Service, head over to Code3Podcast.com slash survival book. All one word, survival book. And if twice a week isn't enough Code 3 for you, consider making a monthly pledge. If you get something out of Code 3, you can help keep it going and at the same time get bonus material. It's called the Code 3 Bull Session, and it's available only to people who pledge $10 a month or more to keep Code 3 moving forward. It's easy. Head over to Code3Podcast.com support to join the people who are already backing the show. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more, and I sure hope you'll be here. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, stay safe. Code 3 is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To contact us, get more information on today's topic, or to subscribe to the podcast, go to Code3Podcast.com.